Studio Secrets, A to Z. We're here for uh, episode five on Medazzaland in the series. And today's episode is going to be on undergoing treatment. And we have our resident audio guru, multi-Grammy winner, Bob St. John, here with us. Hello. Welcome, Bob. Anthony. I'm enjoying our afternoons. These are great. We're having a lot of fun. Trips down memory lane. Today was actually the debut of the first podcast. And uh, it's up today, and I'm I'm kind of like we're we're kind of overwhelmed by the response of getting a lot of DMs, people saying things like, uh, "Do you think the band might get a little snippy at some of those things you guys said?" And I said, "I don't think so. I think it's water under the bridge." So, anyway, it's funny to get those kind it, of. It has things. been quite a while, actually. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, people are really enjoying it, yeah. and uh, we're kind of shocked that the the numbers are pretty good. And yeah, it's, 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 we're going to keep doing them. They're, awesome. People really enjoy them. Uh, undergoing treatment was. Um, I, where did that occur in the process? I know we worked on it um, at Sound Techniques in Boston, mm-hmm. I th- and I think it was pretty close to that Thanksgiving time when we were working on a bunch of things that w- when Simon and uh, John visited us, because I, I think it was pretty close to that time, don't you? Yeah, yeah. We, 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 I know we covered that in the, in the previous song, but it was around then, because yeah. I, do, I do remember fooling around with that guitar part that, that you yeah. actually pieced together. I don't think it ever existed in that form. Right. I, yeah, this, this, once I hear the song, I think it'll bring back some jars, some memories. So why don't we listen to it together, and then we can kind of go from there. It's right, always cool. a good like springboard. It kind of refreshes our brains. Here we go. Undergoing treatment.
And there you have it. Haven't heard that in a long time. Wow. It sounds phenomenal. It does. I'm look, looking back on it. I'm wondering what movie thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the I, original I, track to this. Do you remember? I, I mean, I I'm sure not. it had drums I, on it, like the other ones. But I don't remember it. And I think the, the, this kind of treatment came, like, I think Nick and Tinley had some ideas about making it more, you know, hip hop and a little bit more. Because uh, I remember they they sent a bunch of new stuff. I remember the piano, for instance, at the the outro piano that mm-hmm. clave pattern that was that was Nick, and so they kept they kept kind of sending stuff as we we were doing it. Uh, and I, I think the only way to send tracks then was uh, was it ISDN or did they? Well, it might have been Adnet or ISDN or, or they might have just or, sent or the they could have sent the, the, or the task yeah. I mean, there was, there, was, there was no way yeah. to get things quickly, even come from Quick, no. from the UK. It took no. two days to get to us if they sent it to us. Yeah, it was it was a cool process. I, I, I love the, I mean, first of all, I love their lyrics. I, I don't know if they're Simons or if they, because at this point they were collaborating on lyrics and stuff, mm-hmm. which is, because I remember there was a famous, infamous writer's block that Simon was having during this period, supposedly something I've read about it I don't know anything about it particularly right. but I know um, they 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 all were kind of contributing a bit but I, I mean, think the lyrics are brilliant I, I knew they were having trouble when we did the first couple songs that weren't on the record that, that we were yeah. <laughs> we were pretty terrified yeah. when we heard them and yeah. you know and those ended up not being on the record and I know Warren had mentioned it to us at some point also yeah but it came together on this song. I think the it, it, the self sort of defer, deprecation kind of uh, flavor and almost sarcasm, like to telling the critics to go, you know, jump in the lake. It, it's un, it's uniquely British, though. It's it's yeah. not you know, as a, as Americans, I think we're a little more direct than that, and that's yeah, what makes it I, so I clever. It, it's really really clever, and uh, yeah, and the melodies are wonderful. It's got it's got a great flow, and it, the the song has like more than one feel which I find really interesting because you know you go through the 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 good the intro and the good part of the song and it's it's pretty swingy and I remember some of the samples I used were like from SB12 I was going for that sort of the Beastie Boys were really popular at the time and I was doing like hip-hop stuff with Top Choice and Force and um, John P. I don't know the exact order of what was going on but I remember being influenced a lot no I I hear that I hear that influence in it too the, yeah. and um, so that you hear those grainy uh, SP12 samples and stuff in the earlier part of the song it has a the MPC swing factor which is you know probably a 56% or something you know it's a pretty right. high swing factor so um, and then we get to the bridge and it cuts to me playing live in the room because I remember we recorded the the bridge drums. I, I forgot the bridge was even in the song until we heard it. That's why I was yeah, laughing when yeah, we heard it, it. it. It's a great section, and it's so so Beatles to me. Um, I love all the everything. I can't even tell you. There's so much going on there. Um, really amazing vocal. You know what I was thinking when I heard it? It's like this stuff, you know, predates auto tune, melodyne, and all this other stuff. Yeah. And I love the melody, and I love that not a note of it had to be tuned. Yeah, I mean, you know, we used to just actually record things without yeah. and actually get them right yeah. once upon a time. Yeah, isn't that funny? It's like such a thing of the past. I mean, everybody just relies on auto tune um, these days. Um, you know, we would occasionally fix a word like with an Eventide harmonizer punching in on a word or something if it was like, you know, you want to get in a little extra 20 cents uh, sharp or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, not on this. This, uh, for the most part, Simon's just always spot on. He's got a great, great, wonderful 
character to his voice. And you did some amazing. Uh, can you remember anything about these those oh, yeah. wild vocal those, effects? Those, uh, they, well, the, the, Why don't you the, talk uh, about that? The descending thing that goes. It was just a harmonizer regenerating through itself at like a hundred cents. So it keeps every time that each successive regeneration is a hundred cents down from the other one and then I just had them floating around left to right. It's very trippy. X was thinking when I heard it. Is it, yeah, where did you, is that an Eventide like a H4000? H3000. It was an H3000 back then. Yeah. And, oh. and, and you hear that sweeping thing going down. Actually, I find the whole bridge trippy too. I, I didn't get to hear that in headphones but I'm sure it's all swirling around. Oh, it's amazing. I think we use the sound space on that too. That sounds like the exact kind of song I'd do some 3D adventurous processing. I know we did that on a couple of songs yeah. that were stuff that wasn't, yes. you know, really for radio release, but just uh, just, um, yeah. just to have that effect. It was pretty cool. Yeah, the Roland sound space was a world unto itself. It had like eight ins and eight outs. It had four ins correct? and eight outs, and it made 3D four ins sound and eight effects, outs. to say the least. And you least. had these, the, the, the eight dials. Mm -hmm. I remember these big dials. They had a big and, controller. And a, several racks of stuff. Yeah, it had like big four big racks of stuff, and it had that the controller could be MIDI if I remember right, but it um, yeah, uh, we took turns operating it. I think what we would do is record the effects uh, ultimately. Yes, yeah, you, you spin the you could spin the little dials and like you just close your eyes and stuff would be like behind you and above you and. Um, uh, it's an amazing unit. I think they went for like close to $40,000 when they came out. They were we super expensive. It. We used to rent it. I don't know where we found one in London because we definitely did that in London. That wasn't in Boston. Okay. I, so I mean, we, the, we mix, did some, the mix was in Boston. Yeah. It was in London, I think. Yeah, and we just, yeah, we tracked stuff in, yeah. in uh, new uh, sound techniques, I Maybe. remember. I remember being just kind of always in love with the Roland sound space to the point where I, I, I chased getting one of my own for, for years, <laughs> and I, I finally found one, like, maybe five years ago, I found one um, on uh, eBay or Craigslist. No, eBay. And uh, and the thing is, I didn't realize that there's there are no controls on the front panel. So the only way to control it is with an old Macintosh. Um, so I actually found the software somewhere online, brand new in the box, mm -hmm. um, to the original software. And, and, and then I realized uh, I started looking into getting a, a Quadra or whatever I needed to run System 7 to, to control it. <laughs> and, and, and so I joined user groups and stuff on Facebook. And then I, I learned you, you're very really quickly determined. That, like, <laughs> yeah, I learned quickly though that that all those computers have like major problems, like the caps dry out and oh, yeah. the chips they, they fail. I mean, so basically, there there are people that specialize in refurbishing them, and they're like thousands of dollars. You know, you you'd think they'd be like really cheap, but um, to get one really working wonderfully and everything, I, I just kept putting it off and putting it off. Mm -hmm. And then I read in an article on uh, what's that that thing we read so much on uh, online? It's I want to say gear sluts. Used to be. They changed the name of it to yeah. something else, and I can't remember uh, the name of it right now. Yeah, we used to. Yeah, yeah. I used to do one post a year on there and just get everybody mad and then leave. <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to post there. I, I think yeah. I posted some pretty in-depth articles of oh, yeah, when I've we were doing your, thank I, you on there. It's like, I've seen some stuff. I've seen some stuff on there uh, that you posted, and there's some some funny stuff. Crazy minutia uh, only a true true audio geek could understand or be into. Yeah, that's. Yeah, well, that's kind of what we're, you know, we're trying to get some of that content to, to people because there's a lot of engineers and producers that are listening. And, you know, part of the whole process here is to share, you know, things that we've experienced. So mm -hmm. uh, anyway, on Gearslets, I read about a thing called a Roland MC8. 
and it was like this little tiny controller that was actually made to control the, the Roland sound space. Um, it might have controlled other things that came out around that time. So some sort, it was some things. sort of MIDI MIDI controller that yeah ran MIDI into controller it. Yeah. and yeah. and it actually shakes hands with this Roland sound space when you mm -hmm. power it up. You have to push down this button and and then all of that a sudden one you, you got do the that, the one one unit one that you bought on eBay. Yeah. So you yeah. found a controller so for it. I found it. It took me two years to find one. <laughs> and I paid like $650 or something for this little tiny piece of plastic. You know, I, but the guy assured me that it was in perfect condition and had all the paperwork. And he told me exactly what I needed to do to shake hands with the, um, the Roland sound space. So the first time I plugged in, it's a special cable too. It's a weird cable. Right. I plugged it in. Uh, it's not a MIDI cable. It's like a bunch of pins. Uh, anyway, and I plugged it in, and I powered up the MC8 and let go of the button, and all of a sudden, the lights came on, the uh, RSS10 <laughs> that I'd never seen before, and it says, and it says MC8. I'm like, there it is. There it is. You know? So, I yeah, wish I could have been there to I, see that. You had to be like a kid on oh, Christmas man. Day. Are you kidding me? That's like, that's like five years in the making, at least. So, yeah. And so, I've been using it pretty much daily. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a you lot know, of fun though. I, I, I gave up on that a long time ago. I used like wave arts panorama, which is oh, my favorite 3d. Yeah. I mean, wave well, arts, you yeah. know, because it's totally phase coherent where the sound space was doing the best they could with the tech at yeah. the time. So it, sure. it sums to like really hideous mono. It's why I would never use it on a radio yeah. mix. Um, yeah. you know, I, I've never used it in a radio mix cause when mono, it, it sounds like it's underwater or in a bathroom. Um, whereas yeah, all the new digital ones don't do that. They just sum the mono. Yeah. And does it do, do you think the effect is every bit as dense and convincing as far as like being above or behind or? I, I um, think it is. You know? I think it is. You know, yeah. that stuff's always program dependent. It depends on what you're going to put through it. Sometimes sound Speech. effects. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes talking. I mean, I still use them in mixes and, you know, people can never figure out why things are so wide. And the thing is you just, you, you use it sparingly. So yeah. it's sort of not an event, but something that just gives you a general feeling of spaciousness. Sure. I use it on transitions. Like say you're going into like the, the last chorus out of the bridge and like you have some kind of whispering thing mm -hmm. and you want it to feel like it's coming from everywhere or, or you either feel like it's coming from everywhere or you can't pin point exactly where it's coming from yeah it um, feels just spacious yeah it's it's cool yeah so we've yeah we were definitely doing a lot of that stuff back then and then here we are how many years later 25 years later doing it again you're doing it with uh software and me like, scrounging through old uh <laughs> reverb ads <laughs> yeah, still i still can't believe you plugged uh, in the controller you you're, you you must have expected nothing like yeah this isn't gonna work oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> You know, so we, we've come to expect from old tech, it might work, might not work. I mean, well, yeah. you know, the Quadra didn't really work, did it? So, <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know, I, I was uh, watching watching a movie this weekend, and there was uh, there was there was something playing on it, and what they were doing was they were addressing their Amazon device. I'm not going to say it because I have an Amazon device in here, and if I say it, it too will start talking to me. But I forgot this. Okay. So I'm watching it, and it says, you know, it says Amazon device, you know, play old McDonald. So it starts playing out of the speaker, and I'm sitting there. Listen, I was not drinking. I was not high. But I'm hearing like, oh, my God, that is the most amazing 3D. What? I'm sitting there, repositioning myself, moving back and forth. I'm like, this is incredible. I got to find out how they did that. And I paused the movie, 
but the music kept playing <laughs> because it was playing on the, on the Amazon box here in the studio. For a minute, I thought so I, I was having an epiphany. You, hey, you're on to something, though. Yeah, All I'm, you I'm do onto is something. you mic up the... <laughs> No, you mic the Amazon. Listen, you mic the Amazon box. Yeah. And then you run it through your audio arts thing, you know, <laughs> in, independently. You know, you see where I'm going with this? You got to, come on. I, you know? I, I think, think we just need to sell magic mushrooms with the mixes. We'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, where'd the whistle come from in that song? Was that in the track? That's Did Simon. you do that? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Simon whistled. Yeah. That's, that's Simon's whistling. Was it always in the track? I, I, I'm trying to remember if we recorded anything with him after we did it. No, I, I don't remember that. I cannot remember, but I don't think I, I whistled. I think that was Simon. It's, it's really well done. It's I mean, really I'm pulling cool. a blank if when we mixed it in London or Boston now. <laughs> I, I remember mixing it in London because I remember the, the sound space, and I don't remember having a sound space at uh, Sound Techniques, but it's possible we could have rented one from Yeah, Phil. we could have rented one from Phil. He would have had one. I mean... And I know we had one in London. I know we definitely had it for both records for Thank You and Medazzle We can get into some tracks on uh, Thank You at some point because there's some great sound space stuff yeah. where Warren says, politicians, do you and believe them? <laughs> and it's like, that sounds like it's coming from like underneath the console, like way far in the corner of the room. It's it, really Again, something. it was the perfect use for it. Like I said, it's so program dependent and that was the right program for it. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and then all, of course on the TV Mania stuff, it's like all over like a oh, lot of samples. Yeah. And yeah. It's, they it's they released the TV Mania stuff, didn't they? Yeah, you can hear it now. And uh, that would be a fun to, to go through some of those tracks. That's on, uh, they, it's on uh, Spotify and everything. And uh, there's some wild 3D on your my your dream and pal, we'll have to go get to those. I think your dream and pal is a great, that's a great track. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, the two of them. That one off our, and then the go play in the traffic. Dragging you. Yeah, we're just going to keep talking. I'm dragging you off topic. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, okay, let's. You know that's well, a bad idea well, with me. <laughs> we, no, we don't. We don't have a ton on undergoing treatment, so I'm. You know, we're kind of like stretching it out a little bit, but it's working. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be some other stuff. Let's let's dig. Let's dig, dig deep. <laughs> well, I went on a rabbit. I went on a rabbit trail in my mind for you, so we'll, we'll have we'll have a little aside for this, okay? Because when you okay. mentioned your Mac Classic, and I remember you just you were you were compelled to travel with it. And when yep. we were leaving Boston, I said, "Do you really want to bring that thing with you? I mean, we can rent one there." And you're like, "No, no, man." And I think you started laying laying some some um, some really deep cerebral crap on me about it having a certain groove. And at this point, I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, whatever you need." So you brought that and your interface with you. You remember this? Yeah, I do. And what happens is, you know, we're traveling to London, and you know, we're just trying to look inconspicuous, like a couple of tourists, which. We obviously yeah. weren't. And me, I'm just like a tourist. You, you're wearing an Extreme 3 tour jacket, some Revo sunglasses, and you got a Mac Classic <laughs> you're dragging around with you and a bunch of MIDI equipment. So I get through security, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there. And I'm like, where is this guy? And this was before everybody had cell phones. You imagine that? We're just out of touch. Yeah. We're in another country yeah. and out of touch. And I remember I'm just sitting on a bench watching. Every time the door opens, I just keep seeing people coming through. And I'm trying to look in and see maybe they've arrested you or something. I don't know. You know? <laughs> and, and so finally, you come through. And like, you know, your face is all red. You're sweating. I mean, you look like you aged about six months <laughs> in about an hour. And you're like, oh. Man, I don't understand. I mean, every time I go through, I mean, why did they stop me? I, do I look like a terrorist? I said, nah, just like a touring musician. 
You're like, what? I says, well, it could be the Extreme 3 tour jacket or, you know, the fact you're coming to London with a Mac Classic and some MIDI equipment, but you're a tourist. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was funny. I think the that... The beret didn't help either. Uh, I think that was the... Uh, was, was that the... Um, was that the day <laughs> that the day we went over to the studio and we were dead tired? Or was that the first album? I can't remember. I can't remember either. <laughs> that was a classic. Uh, <laughs> why? What? What happened? Um. Uh. The the uh, the will pass on the business class episode. Was it that record okay. or the one before it? I think it was the one. I think it was I don't. I, I just remember. I I just remember that that tour jacket. That was really nice of Nuno to give that to me. I think there was only like four <laughs> or five of those in the world. But it does look a little. Now that I think about it, it has a, a bit of a Nazi vibe. <laughs> you know, that's I, I just, right. Just the symbol. Yeah, you know, it's like you know, probably not a good thing to wear in the airport. Now looking back on it, but uh, anyway, I could probably sell that for a ton of money on eBay. <laughs> Somewhere somebody wants it. Yeah, Listen, oh, I got sure. some track sheets yeah. from Extreme Three. We can make it. We can make it like a package deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow. Okay, so where do we? Okay, we got off the track. Oh yeah, uh, we were talking about the Mac Classic. Um, you were talking about some stuff that you did uh, about m- assembling a guitar part, which I don't remember. Um, I think you put Is that guitar dinner? part together. Yeah, I think you did that in, in, in the on the skate on the surfboard I'm pretty really? sure I, yeah I, I, okay. I don't think it existed in that form although you did jog my memory because i do remember um you know tinley and nick sending stuff over you yeah know? i remember too um you know and you got to remember this is like there was no time code there was no syncing there was no locking up we just had to fudge well, our we, way we, through we kind of the, the one thing though we did have was bpm usually we were at least mm-hmm. at the same bpm and that would make things somewhat easier i mean if there was a th- such a thing as easier at the time but yeah. i mean i remember you going over to um to warren's studio and watching how they did things where they all hit the start button at the same time yeah do you remember that yeah on yeah, all the machines though, like, <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty cool how they did stuff i mean they, they they made it work i mean tinley was actually really a sharp guy i mean some of the 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 textures that he helped those guys put together and that we ended up with. I, I always like to give him extra uh, kudos because he, he's kind of an unsung hero in the camp. Absolutely. The camp. Absolutely. That he, was around, he, he was around for a long time and did a lot of stuff. And it's not an easy gig. Guy. It's not an easy gig, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, just what he did on stage. He would mm-hmm. On stage, he would make like all Warren's guitar patches. I didn't, I didn't know he did any of that stuff. He oh, did. yeah. He would make everybody's patches change, like, you know, MIDI system, you know, program mm-hmm. change messages at the right time in the songs. I mean, this is like, you have to have a very advanced mind to make wow. all that stuff work. Wow, and a lot you know, of patience. Really. So, yeah, so we did that. Um, I'm trying to think of the, yeah, I'm not sure if there's a lot more on this um, that we can come up with. No, I, I, I think we I covered, I think we covered everything on it. It's, and you know, in, yeah. in terms of, in terms of the mixes, I, I vaguely remember mixing it. It was, you know, you jog my memory cause I know we did some of that in Boston and I remember doing some yeah. drums on it yeah. again. I remember vaguely. punching in on the bridge and yeah. And being a little confused because it was like, it goes from this swingy feel to this, but it just, it just works. Yeah. It's a great drum sound. Um, I think that was my noble and noble and coolie kit. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah, and that was obviously that was that through. was over at Sound Techniques in the SSL room, so it was the dry room. Great sound, I love that sound. Yeah, I somewhere I have on a on a Kai disc some of these sounds. I've I've got a, I've been going through the Akai discs. I want to play some of the samples for people uh, as part of 
mm-hmm. some of these podcasts. Uh, I, I'm in the process of digging them up. I definitely will be uh, playing some stuff. I played, for Out of My Mind, I played Astro Boy and the, mm-hmm. the, the exact Mellow. I found the exact Mellotron patch that I used that I cut live. Right. On, on, uh, so, yeah, so we're trying to get little extras into each episode so it cool. gives people a little something to look into. Yeah, I think that's going to kind of c- cover us for uh, for uh, undergoing treatment. Um, what, what do you think we should do on the next one? Maybe maybe one where we went to Miami, that might be a uh, that fun. That was uh, that was um, so long suicide. That's the only one we. That's did a really Miami. involved. That's a very involved track. It's a, it's a very yeah. involved track, and there's lots of, there's lots of fun stuff. Lots to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that next. I mean, so uh, that will be. Uh, I'll tell you a funny yeah. story. The other day, I was listening to it while I was cleaning my kitchen, and uh, I had just finished cleaning the entire house. And yep. and I had uh, my AirPods on. I was just digging it. I hadn't heard it in a long time. And that's a great track. And you played an awesome drum track on it. And we'll talk about it more well, in depth. Thank you. But, yeah. So um, you know, I'm getting towards the end of the song, and I go to the kitchen, and I turn on my garbage disposal, and it just starts spewing water all over the house. And that was the where it stopped. <laughs> Excuse me, Bob. Did this story have a point? No. Oh, good. Carry on, as Simon would say. I think they quickly figured out many of my stories don't have a point. They're more like vignettes. <laughs> yeah, that that was funny. Please I, stop I him from talking. So <laughs> do you do you remember? Do you remember there one time I, we? I remember being in line for chicken kebab with with Simon and um, and there was this really attractive girl and I had a lot of nerve back then because I think I you know the alcohol gave gives you like liquid courage they call it right, and I remember saying to this beautiful girl, hey, like I'm thinking you know since you're having chicken. And, we're having chicken, you know, remember? <laughs> Crazy thing is I remember it. <laughs> and, and she just smiled. Uh, I think, I, I think we ended up meeting her for a drink later. <laughs> I don't I, I remember the yeah. two old ladies sitting next to us. We just it took one of the muscles out of my, out of my dish. Remember that French restaurant we used to go to? Oh, that place was great. <laughs> that place was amazing Chizik. actually. Chizik, you, yeah. you, do you remember this? I do. And the, and the, and the, you know, cause they had been observing us talking the whole time. And the one who was sitting closest to me, I had like a, a like some muscles and white wine and she yep. just reached over to my plate and grabbed one of the mussels and ate them. That's amazing. I do remember that. Yeah, and then they started talking with us, and then as they were leaving, the the one who was across from her says, leaned into us. These women, they had to be like, you know, in their late 60s, leaned into us, and she says, her husband's infirm and mine's out of town, and they just walked out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, priceless crap we remember. What I remember about um, Chiswick, and I'm sure this might be redundant, I probably already, you know, I'm going to repeat That's myself okay. in some of these things, but it was this just the smell of the bacon in the morning. It was like, ah, it, it permeated the streets. I remember like it was yesterday. Yeah, it's just, you go out uh, and you would just smell bacon, and it would be the thickest bacon you've ever had, amazing yes, bacon. a rasher, a rasher of bacon. So I wrote a song, I wrote a song, I still haven't finished it, you know, a lot of songs take me decades <laughs> to finish, but uh, it's called Follow, Follow the Smell of the Burning Pig. I will find it. <laughs> I will finish it. <laughs> I think this is a good place to stop. On that happy note, thanks for joining us on episode five of Studio Secrets A to Z. And we'll be back next time with, um, what song? So Long Suicide. So Long Suicide. As we continue our journey for the 25th anniversary um, celebration of Medazalan. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Take care. See you.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.